You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 146. Hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. And in today's session, we are diving even deeper into that PMO Outlook for 2022 and beyond report that we started discussing in episode 144. And then in episode 145, we took a deep dive into one of the biggest challenges that surfaced in that report, and that was resource management. Today, we are going to dive into a second biggest challenge that came up, prioritization. Why does it seem so hard to get our portfolio of projects prioritized and get our business leaders to stick to that prioritization? That's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by the PMO Impact Summit. The PMO Impact Summit is fast approaching. It's in just a few weeks. It is two days, May 3rd and 4th, 2022, and it is 100% free. On day one, I am doing a PMO health assessment live workshop. You, me, and a few hours to dive deep into your PMO, look at where your challenges are, and put a good action plan in place with all kinds of solutions to the kind of challenges you might be experiencing and looking at ways that you can accelerate your impact even further. So if you want to spend a little time with me live in a hands-on workshop, that's going to be the start of the two-day event. And part of that action plan we're going to create in that workshop is your two-day agenda for the specific sessions I think you should attend to address the specific problems that you're experiencing. And then on day two, there's going to be a hands-on live experience on becoming more than a status quo PMO with our partner Keaton, who is helping us host this event. And then we will have two live Q&A panels, one on the first day and one on the second day, where you can get any and all questions you have about the sessions, content, PMOs to wrap up both days. So no matter where you are in the world listening to this, you want to make sure that you register for this event for free so that you can access the live and recorded content, and get the most out of this free event. Just head over to PMOImpactSummit.com. That's PMOImpactSummit.com. Register for free now. Check out the agenda. And I cannot wait to see you there. Okay, let's dive in. Project Prioritization. This was named one of the biggest challenges in the PMO Outlook report, which was conducted by Keaton, who asked executives and PMO leaders where their biggest challenges were and when things are working, what does success look like? Now, if you have not listened to episode 144, it is definitely worth a listen. Today, though, we are only going to focus on one of the biggest challenges that surfaced, and that was project prioritization. Now, when they asked about project prioritization, Here are the statistics that they heard about where the biggest headaches seem to be coming from. They heard that saying no to projects was the top struggle related to project prioritization with 40% of people saying the big challenge is saying no to projects. Today, we're going to talk about why we might want to 
change our whole perspective when it comes to saying no to projects. The next one was aligning the portfolio of projects with corporate strategy, also a big challenge at 23%, and accurately scoring the value of portfolio projects at 20%. So first, let's look at that big number, 40%. 40% of respondents to this survey said that their biggest challenge related to prioritization was saying no to projects. And I think that in and of itself is the problem. I don't think we should be saying no. And I know, I know, hang with me here before you get upset at me. But Laura, we can't do everything. Of course you can't. But the problem is the saying no. This has come up with a lot of my Impact Engine PMO coaching students and something that we regularly address. And when we do, our students find incredible success. I don't think you should be saying no at all, but instead saying yes and. Let me explain. As a PMO leader, you are the facilitator. You are not the decider. You are not the business leader that is responsible for the success or failure of these initiatives from a business perspective. You are absolutely a business leader and you are absolutely responsible for facilitating the delivery of these initiatives, but you should not be the one making the business decisions. And by saying no, you are taking away the authority and responsibility that falls on the business leaders by telling them no. It's not your role. The PMO is an incredibly important part of the organization and is responsible for helping the organization deliver on their strategy with the highest possible return on investment they can as quickly as possible. However, you don't own that business strategy. If you're doing it well, you are probably facilitating the development of that strategy. You are helping them prioritize those strategic initiatives in that portfolio. You are shepherding, or as I like to say, becoming the strategy navigator to help those projects from strategy and idea all the way through delivery and value and impact realization. That's what you are supposed to do. But are you the one that should be deciding the business value and deciding which projects happen and don't happen? No. So you shouldn't be saying no. And I think the reason there's such a prioritization problem is because you're trying to say no when that's not actually your role. So this is what I teach my students. I teach my students to say yes and. Yes, you can absolutely have that project and here's what it's gonna take. Yes, you can have that as number one on the priority list. And that means that the other projects are going to move down. Yes, you can absolutely have this initiative added to the list. And here's the resources we will need to do that successfully. Yes, you can absolutely change the scope of this project. And here's what that's going to cost. All too often, I see PMO leaders and project managers feeling like they have to say, yes, we'll do it and just sneak it in. And what you're doing when you do that is you are enabling bad habits by your business leaders. And we feel like we have to just rescue them or sweep it under the rug or just make it happen. And you and I both know that we're having a triple constraint conversation. And if they want to add more scope to the project, something will give. Quality will give. Another scope item needs to be removed. Resources need to be pulled off of that to put onto something else. 
and or costs will have to increase or the project will take longer than they intend. And so the answer is actually yes, you can have that and let's stop pretending there are no consequences. So your job as a project manager or as a PMO leader that is overseeing these projects is to help coach and guide your teams to understand the consequences. Understand that what they're asking for has an impact and that it must be understood and incorporated one way or the other. Let's stop pretending that we can just jam it in because we know that that's where the quality and the challenges will come in. And if we address that at the project level, we will incrementally start improving things at the portfolio level. Because where do you think all of those problems are coming from at the portfolio level? They're coming from projects that had to hold on to resources longer than planned, quote unquote, when we know really they were trying to shove an extra change in and we weren't acknowledging it. So if we are honest, if we are accurate about what's really going on, we are able to plan better at the portfolio level. So instead of pretending, hey, this project is just going to get shoved in with these extra changes and not really talking about what the impacts are to the other projects down the line, that's where we get ourselves in trouble. So let's, at the PMO level, help facilitate healthy, honest conversations about the impacts of changes so that we can better plan across the entire portfolio. So now let's talk about that prioritization challenge at the portfolio level and this whole yes and conversation. So when your business leaders say, well, everything's number one priority, you say, okay, great. So that means that we're going to get all the resources, all the funding and unlimited time, right? Well, obviously not. So then your response to your business leaders is this simple. Okay, if you keep saying that everything is number one priority, you are going to force us in the PMO or the IT team or wherever this portfolio sits to make the business decisions for you as to what order we're going to assign resources and do this work. We don't have unlimited resources. So ultimately, you're telling us business leaders that you would like us to use our best judgment when assigning resources and assigning funding to make these projects happen. Because we know that we don't have unlimited resources So we are going to have to choose which ones get what resources first. And I'm not sure your business leaders want the IT department or the PMO to make those business decisions. So once they understand that they're actually just giving you the authority and the control over their portfolio, it makes it a little easier to bring them back into the conversation to actually prioritize the initiatives. Just make it clear to them that by not making these portfolio prioritization decisions, they are delegating the authority to the people doing the work to hope for the best and make the best decisions. And that should scare them straight a little bit to at least get them into the conversation to do that portfolio prioritization. And that's step one, get them into the conversation. Now, once you have them in the conversation, you need to look at how do we get them to prioritize this portfolio of initiatives most effectively. And here's where that yes and comes back into play. So first, you don't have to tell them that they're not going to be able to have their projects on the list. They can have all the projects on the list they want. And this is where you explain to them the process of how resources get assigned. 
So if they give you 50 projects and they tell you that all 50 are number one priority, you say, okay, so we're going to sort them by alphabetical order and start at the top and we're going to start assigning resources. And when we run out of resources, we will start staggering the rest of those projects to happen after resources start becoming available from the first set of projects. And then they'll say, wait a minute, why would you sort them in that order? Well, because you left it to us to do the prioritization. That won't last very long and you'll get them having a much better conversation with you about portfolio management. So when they start asking, we'd like to do this project and we'd like to do this one and the, you already know the plate's getting too full, you say yes and we absolutely want to do that project and as soon as resources become available, we will do it. Yes and feels so much easier and so much more effective to getting them into a healthy conversation about getting to the results than saying no. You shouldn't say no, you should say yes and here's what it's going to take to get there. It's that simple. Because remember, you are facilitating them getting to that prioritized portfolio, not deciding which projects should be on the list. So have them put all the projects on the list. Have them realize that you're not going to be able to do this prioritization without them because you're just going to alphabetize them. And you can say, we can absolutely do the prioritization for you because we need a way to assign resources since we know we don't have unlimited resources. Okay, so now they're in a healthy conversation with you about prioritization. The next step is to start aligning those projects with the strategy. And I can tell you this is going to make a big difference. Going back to that Outlook report, when the respondents were asked how well their projects and resources were aligned to the strategic business priorities, only 23% said well aligned. 77% said either somewhat aligned, not very aligned, or not aligned at all. So most Three quarters of the respondents said that their projects and resources are not aligned to the business strategy. So if you fix that, you are going to drastically improve the prioritization process because you take some of the hard work out of it. You do the projects that are aligned with strategy first. Now you might be saying, but we have all these operational projects that have to get done, the keep the lights on initiatives. I got you. Don't worry about that. We include those in the project portfolio as well. So here's what that would look like. First, you take all of the projects that actually really do need to be done in order to keep the lights on for the organization. This might look like regulatory requirements or financial requirements or audit requirements or security requirements from an IT perspective. Those are all projects that need to get done to keep the lights on. And last I checked, strategically, it's pretty important that we keep the lights on for the organization. So even those initiatives are aligned with a strategic objective, keeping the organization operating and delivering value. Okay? So even those are strategic. You must have some kind of a strategic goal for the organization that includes continuing to serve and deliver value for whomever you serve, whether it is a mission based organization serving a community or commercial organization that is serving their customers. No matter the organization, you cannot serve whoever you are there to serve if you do not exist. So keeping the lights on is pretty important. So we get all of those initiatives there. And then I go through a regular exercise with my clients to make sure 
that each one of the things we believe are must do's are really must do's. And if there's any question, they go up into the prioritization process for evaluation. But once everyone has agreed that these are the initiatives that must happen, those get staffed first. Those get staffed in a way that helps ensure that you keep the organization running. Okay, great. So that's usually easier to handle because those are the initiatives that must happen to keep the trains running for the organization. But they take resources. And we can't forget that it takes resources to do that work. So I think it's important to even prioritize those initiatives within the various departments. Does it have to be done at the executive level? Maybe not, but it needs to happen somewhere. And this is a valuable service the PMO can provide. Even if you aren't managing those projects and those organizations, what if you could provide a service to help these business leaders in each department prioritize their initiatives even if they are the keeping the trains running must-have solutions. They still have to figure out what order they're assigning resources to as well, right? So cool, let's make sure that that happens. Now, for the rest of the initiatives that are the nice-to-haves or from a business perspective, they're the must-haves or they're the major goals for the organization for the year, great, those all need to be prioritized with the remaining resources. Now, here's the problem. If we don't align these projects to the strategy, then you're going to have the situation that most companies find themselves in, which is that most of their workforce doesn't actually understand what the business strategy is for the organization. And when you look at a statistic like that, it becomes clear it's because we are not doing enough work, just like the survey found, 77% of the projects and resources aren't aligned with strategic business priorities. So fix that. If you fix that, you are going to see an incredible improvement. But that's the key to prioritization. You've got to identify what those strategic priorities are. You have to have those business leaders explain the strategic priorities to the people doing the prioritization. And then you need to look at each one of those projects and figure out how it aligns to the strategy. Now, if you were doing it right, and if you have the opportunity to be in the front end of the strategy development process and facilitate there, then you would do that first, and then the projects would come from that, as opposed to backing into it. But I know the reality many of you are facing is that you have to back into it. So I'm offering you both ways to look at it. One way or another, though, those projects need to be aligned to the strategic goals. That makes it easier for everybody in the organization to understand why they're doing what they're doing. For example, you're not putting in a software solution. The software solution is never the project. The business problem is the name of the project and the software is just the way you're choosing to solve that business problem, right? So it's not a CRM system you're putting in place. It's not an ERP solution you're putting in place. Whatever the business problem is that you're trying to solve with that technology solution is the reason why that needs to be front and center in everything you talk about with that project, okay? So that's why it's important for your business leaders to make sure that their strategy is clear and you need to help them understand the scary statistics, you can Google them, of the lack of understanding of strategy within the organization. But if you align the projects with that strategy and you explain the projects in terms of addressing the strategic goals and solving business problems, the entire organization operates more effectively. 
Strategic alignment is the key. I like the description from the PMO Outlook report. What is strategic portfolio management? The practice of aligning the portfolio projects to business objectives and goals. Starting with a strategy first model, the PMO is always executing on those projects that have the biggest business impact while ensuring there are resources available and clear objectives to reduce the chance of project failure. So what did that just tell us? That just told us that you must align the portfolio and the projects to the strategic objectives, the business objectives and goals. And if you start with understanding the strategy first, and ideally, and this is what I have my clients do, develop the projects based on the way that you can implement or realize that business strategy, which is the best way to do it if you can, then the PMO is always executing on the most important priorities and most important projects. And if we make sure that we align our resources and our projects to those clear business objectives, then of course you're going to reduce the chance of project failure. Why? Because everyone understands why they're there and what they're supposed to do. That is incredibly important to the success of the portfolio. The reason it fails is because we don't have our projects aligned to the strategy and we don't know how to prioritize. Prioritization becomes a million times easier if you are aligning the projects to the strategic objectives. So every project you have in your portfolio now, look at the names of the projects, look at the priority of these projects, look at where they are aligned to the strategic goals. Make sure that that is crystal clear. Then everyone will know why those projects are happening. And once the why is clear, it is a lot easier to prioritize because there's no question. So all of those pet projects that don't align to the strategy, they aren't really necessary for running the organization's engine to make sure those pet projects are easier to identify. They aren't the ones that are necessary to keep the engines running of the organization. They aren't the ones that clearly align with the strategy. So they are probably the nice to haves. So if you prioritize everything in those buckets in that order, then it's easier to see which ones you should be focused on first. And so remember, you go back to, yes, we are going to assign resources to those engine running operational projects that are the must-haves first. Then we are going to align resources to the strategic objectives next. Then if there's anybody left, we'll start putting them on this third category of projects, which are the nice-to-haves. That helps make it a little bit easier. And you can think of it as like the bucket A, bucket B, and bucket C. The bucket A ones get resources first, the bucket B ones get resources next, and then the bucket C ones are the ones that we'll get to as soon as resources become available. Remember, yes, we will do these and they will start once we've had a chance to knock off these operational projects and these strategy projects that are the most important for moving the organization forward. And then within those buckets, you really need to keep pushing back on your business leaders to do the prioritization and remind them that if they don't do it, you're just going to assign resources as you see fit. And you should be able to get them back to the table if that's the case. Now, years ago, when I was inside organizations as a PMO leader, I went to work for an organization that had quite the hot mess for their portfolio. And what I did was similar to what I'm explaining to you here. So I was doing this back in the day when I was a PMO leader, not just as a consultant. And here's how that looked. 
the organization had about 50 client projects that were all going on at once. And when I asked the executive team, I sat on the executive team and we had our quarterly meeting and I asked them to look at the portfolio and I said, okay, let's look at this list of projects and start making a little bit of progress here on this mess we've got. And so I said, great, what's the priority? And of course, what do you think they said? Everything is the number one priority. How could we possibly choose one over the other to be the top priority because they're all customer facing projects and they're prided themselves on being a customer facing organization. Okay. But that's why we're where we are here with this mess. So here's what I said. Okay. Executives, if we cannot prioritize these one through N because you know, I was pretty excited about getting a one through 50 list, but I realized I had to meet them where they were. There was no way I could get them to a one through 50 list. They didn't even think we should have any prioritization on them at all. So you can see where I was starting from here, right? So we know we don't have unlimited time and we know we don't have unlimited resources. So we're going to have to make some decisions about what resources are put where, when, right? Okay. So how about we take the ones that are the biggest mess, the behind schedule, the biggest revenue generators, and we're going to put those in bucket A. Okay. Could we do that? Let's take all of these. And everyone instinctually knew which client projects needed the most attention at the time, right? Okay. Let's put those in bucket A and then let's put the next set of projects that are maybe not as far behind, or maybe they aren't as big of a revenue generator, or maybe they could have a prolonged start date. Let's put those in bucket B. And then accordingly, we went to bucket C. That worked so well that for the next quarter, we'd had everyone talking about a bucket A project, bucket B project, and a bucket C project. We got momentum going. We started assigning resources to the bucket A projects first, and we started making sure that everybody in the organization, not just the executives, knew what projects were a priority A, B, or C. Now, the reason we did that is because now everyone started paying attention. If they were on a bucket A project and it was in red status and they had something to do, they would do that work first before they would work on something that was in a bucket C category that needed to get done as well. Now we had developers and project managers and business analysts and even customer support staff making decisions based on that bucket ABC priority. It changed the effectiveness of the organization and started seeing some of those client engagements turn around. Then I came back to them a quarter later. Remember, meet them where they are. I know you'll be pulling your hair out, wanting to move them faster, but if they can't do it, don't give up, keep at it. So we dealt with bucket A, B, and C for an entire quarter. Next quarter, I came back to them and said, okay, let's evaluate the progress we've made. Give them the win. Let them see that you've made real progress. Okay. We've made some real progress. Look at all these ones that were in red status in bucket A and B and C. Now look at how many have been moved to green status. They're making great progress. We're having some wins. I let them celebrate and recognize and appreciate the benefit of our prioritization process. We let them recognize the win. So now the executives were feeling excited. They knew it worked and they knew they'd see results. So that next quarter I said, okay, how about we prioritize all of these? And they said, oh no, no, we can't do that. We can't do that. We like our buckets. And I said, okay, how about we just take bucket A and prioritize those because at the end of the day, we need answers to the question 
of which resources go onto these projects in what order. And if you want to accelerate even faster, this is the way to do it. So I got them through the bucket A, which I think had about 15 projects in it. Great. This really helped us make sure that our resources could be assigned and the order that changes need to be addressed and the order that subject matter experts needed to be added were very clear. This helped with sprints of different, you know, resources that need to be pulled into different uh, sprint cycles. It helped speed up everything. So after that second quarter, and I know you're probably thinking, how did you maintain your patience? I remembered to take a step back and look at the big picture and see that we were making real progress. So we were, we were having a win. And if I had pushed too hard, they would have rebelled and nothing would have happened. So I had to go with the pace they could digest. I had to make sure that this was something that was going to stick. And so sometimes going slowly helps you actually speed up. You have to go slow, meet them where they are, bring them through the process at a pace they can handle. And then you really start to see the momentum quarter by quarter. That's why my whole impact engine PMO training and implementation program is meant to be a quarterly cyclical process because you need time to determine the change that needs to be made, design it, put it in place, let it happen for a little while, see the results, measure those results, and then communicate those results and then move them down the field a little bit further, right? Okay. So that second quarter, we got the projects prioritized in bucket A, one through 15, and we started really rocking and rolling. Projects were happening faster. People were really aligned. You had developers coming in out and checking on the dashboard. This is back in the old days when we used to print things out and put them on our wall. And they could see that the project they needed to work on and what they needed to do, they knew where to focus their energy. Now we really started to see these projects turn around and started having customers that were a lot happier. And it was happening faster than they expected. And then we come to quarter three. And what do you think I got them to do? I gently guided them through a process and it took a few hours, but we got there because now they trusted the process. They were able to lean into the process. They saw two quarters of it working and working well, and they were able to go that third step and prioritize all the initiatives one through 50. And guess what happened? Those angry and frustrated customers were now champions for this organization. In fact, Several of those customers, the CEOs of these organizations that we supported, found me years later and said, hey, I need you to do that project management PMO thing in my organization, because they saw the power of what the PMO and project management can do when it is done in a thoughtful way that brings everyone with you through the process. Those angry and frustrated customers were now advocates for the organization, speaking at their conferences and talking about what a great experience it was to be a customer of this organization. And they weren't like that just a year prior. So you can do this. You can bring your business leaders through a prioritization process. It's not that bad. You've just got to remember to break it down, baby step it. Don't throw a bunch of project management speak at them. Just speak in simple terms. All the ideas that I've given you here today about prioritization and the way you can do it is using layman's terms. We don't have to make it complicated. We don't have to geek out. We didn't use a tool for any of the stuff that I'm talking about here. Eventually, you absolutely want to use a tool 
to automate your process. But first, you have to educate people on that process. You have to bring them through it in a way that they can adjust, adapt, and see the benefit. And then once you've figured out how to do it well, you automate the heck out of it to make it even faster and help you drive a greater impact for the organization. So this challenge we have of project prioritization, this big challenge that came out of this report, I believe the reason is because we are trying to say no when it is not our place. We are not, PMO leaders are not the business decider. They are the business facilitator. You are the strategy navigator for the organization. You help to shepherd that strategy through from idea to delivery and realization of impact and benefits. That is your job. And to do that, you must bring the right people to the table and have good conversations with them about their role and exactly why they don't want you making the business decisions for them. And as that facilitator, it is not your place to make business decisions. Therefore, you don't need to say no. You say yes, and here's what it's going to take. And if you do those two things together, you will have a much easier time prioritizing this portfolio of initiatives and making the impact you are meant to make. Okay, that's it for today's episode. Now, don't forget, if you are not registered for the PMO Impact Summit, go register right now. It is absolutely free and it is happening on May 3rd and 4th, 2022. Just go to pmoimpactsummit.com and register for free today so that you can learn how to solve problems like this project prioritization challenge for your organization. That's pmoimpactsummit.com. Register for free today and I cannot wait to see you there. All right, Impact Driver, thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I am so excited for this upcoming summit. In the meantime, we're going to keep diving into some of these challenges from the PMO Outlook report over the next couple of weeks. And if you love what you're hearing in these podcast episodes, make sure to hit subscribe and download the episodes so they are with you no matter where your high impact journey takes you. Bye-bye for now.